As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. What a... Week. Free agency has kicked off. It has been returned for 101 yards and a touchdown. It's been kicked off again. It's been muffed at the goal line. It's been returned for a defensive touchdown. It's been kicked off again. And it's just been rolling on now for the, the better part of this last week and all the way up until the time we hit the record button on this very episode of Times Ours. More really baffling news was happening. So we'll talk about all of it here on today's episode of Time Zars right here on The Athletic. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. My friends, how have you enjoyed everything that we have, I would dare say, perhaps suffered through over the course of this week? <laughs> it is, I can't stress this enough. Uh, we knew that this year was going to be different just because we're coming off a pandemic season uh, the cap had gone down lower than even some uh, team executives wanted, uh, which, by the way, I know I know Seth is just eager to talk about these new TV contracts in light of what we all know. Um, mm. I knew this was going to be a strange free agency based on covering the Chiefs and seeing how the league sort of progressed over the last three years. Dog, it's been even stranger than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. It, it is so strange. The amount of text where people are literally just being like, wait, wait, what? But that don't make no, but huh? But he got what? <laughs> For who? I, the amount of that going on has been, um, has been pretty high. I'm, I'm not great. I've been told by my, by my wife and others. I'm, I'm just not great. That's actually the end of the sentence. no. <laughs> I've been told I am not great at empathizing when something logically doesn't make sense to me. And that's what I'm struggling with during this free agency period with two players in particular, one especially. Um, so as we record, obviously, this the Juju Smith-Schuster, who turned down more money from the Chiefs and the Ravens mm-hmm. to stay in Pittsburgh – the place where his career went from maybe next shining star to didn't get a lot of great offers in free agency last season to have the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball. It, it that I don't understand. Like Trent Williams. Okay. The Niners backed up the money truck. Fair enough. Right. I mean, Hey, it was yeah. a money decision. It sounds like the chiefs offered him a lot. I tend to be of the opinion I now, and I know that there's a, a logical end to this type of stuff, and I know we'll get into it. But I tend to be like, you know, you're already here at 53. You know, let's say the Chiefs offered like 48 guaranteed, and then San Francisco came back with 50. To me, like you're the Chiefs, you're already in it. What's one more million at this point? And I know there's an end to that sort of logic, but so like I kind of get it. But like even with Trent Williams, it's like, so you're gonna go block for Jimmy Garoppolo, huh? Cool. <laughs> But 
but that's that's the state of a team like the Niners, of a team like the Steelers, of most of the league right now. And, and honestly, I, I don't know, Seth. You said there were two players that you were having a hard time. Are you saying that for, for Trent Williams? Those are the two. Juju? We're like, it I feels see. like in a weird off season, some of the things, some of the the, the contracts I'm seeing don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like some of the guys who are getting paid big money and you're like, really? That's that's what we're doing. Okay. And then some of the guys that you see signing these one-year deals, you're like, why aren't there more people on them? Or like guys that you thought would have more of a market, like 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 Riley Reef. You know, it's just like, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, when 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 the elite left tackles off the board, maybe that becomes a priority target. But instead it's kind of like, ah, everyone's like, yeah, we should probably let the Bengals have them. It's like, really? That it, everything's confusing me, and I'm not handling it particularly well i'm tr- <laughs> on the plus side i'm handling it much better than chief's twitter so, <laughs> at, least you, at least you can admit that <laughs> yeah, i am handling it much better than chief's twitter but i just like with trent and juju i don't understand i'm referring to them to by the first name like i know them it seems like maybe in a weird year with some a weird group of free agents trent williams does has not had a normal career right, right. i mean he 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 kind of got hosed by the Washington football team, which there, surprised. There's, there's, there's no kind of in that sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, th- which surprised exactly no one. And so maybe he found a good environment he likes in San Francisco. He seemed like he always wanted to stay there. I mean, he made comments on PFF's podcast, basically like, you're barking up the right tree. Like, he'd like to stay in San Francisco. So is it players in a weird year and with some weird free agent situations are considering things a little differently than just pure money or situation. I don't know. But like the decisions by those two, I'm just like baffled and I'm super frustrated by it because we are those two players, those two exact players away from me being thrilled about free agency. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a really hard time. I DM someone last night. This is the point that I'm at. I'm, I'm so far in denial. It's like, well, you know, the, the 49ers official account hasn't announced the Trent Williams signing. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe he's going to pull an Emmanuel Sanders. Isn't that sad? You know, she we yeah, we broke we broke up we broke up 3 years ago and she's engaged but they're not married yet. Maybe she'll change her mind at the altar and come back to me. Seth. True story. I got to listen to a dude sobbing oh, wow. over speakerphone after jazz accepted my proposal <laughs> and it was and it was her father well that too um <laughs> no, no she actually had two different guys she had one guy call her another guy send her all these texts like i don't understand what it is about me like why isn't it me and like i wanted to text him back for like well dude i mean look at what you're doing right now and then we'll we have the answer but i, I feel know, like you didn't mean i feel like but, you didn't laugh nearly near, nearly hard enough about my joke about her dad sobbing whenever she accepted your proposal it was it's too honest it, it hurts me <laughs> still yeah but that i had, that had I too just, much truth to it as they say yeah i was like okay nick really likes me now josh it was just you know i was 22 i'd known his daughter for like three months what do you want um so i just don't understand much like nick didn't understand his daughter's desire to marry me mm, yes. i don't understand I, I just don't I don't understand and like I'm gonna turn into a TikTok. You know that whole I like, don't understand thing? I don't know if you ever saw that. It it no? Am I doing the, the gift thing again this time with TikTok? Yeah, I think I'm afraid. Listen, if Juju would have signed here, you could have done a whole TikTok segment. But because we're oh. going back to Pittsburgh, we lost that content. And so uh, but that's that's how sad a mental state I am in. Is I'm sitting there like I'm so I can't believe they missed out on Trent Williams. Like I can't believe it. Like No, I, I yeah, I mean I, I understand it. Um, and I know we'll we'll get into it. Although, um, that I think that one's a little more digestible in terms of understanding the the, the grand scope. And I would encourage, um, I would encourage our listeners to check out Matt Burroughs's uh, story um, in the Athletic from the 49ers perspective of Hey, the 49ers finally beat the Chiefs at something. Um, <laughs> with, like. When it came to Trent Williams, um, there there's real familiarity. Uh, Trent knew because he worked out in his contract uh, on the move over to San Francisco. You can't franchise me. No, 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 no. You can't franchise me. I know yep. how good I am. I see the rest of the tackle situation. Um, my agent is wise enough to see it with me. Uh, as long as I stay healthy, we gonna 
you're going to back up the truck. Um, And look, the 49ers understood that at every turn, whoever came at Trent, they were going to have to not just match it, but supersede it. Um, And so all this is kind of out there. Um, it It is a fact that Patrick Mahomes and Brett Veach and Andy Reid told Trent Williams, um, we want to put it all on you. We want to put it all on you and Joe Tooney. And like, if we make this work, you're going, you're going to have a real, um, you're going to have a real storybook to your career. If we all make this work, um, Trent understands the whole time. Not that you need another team to sort of get into a bidding war with the 49ers, the team that is trying to retain you. Um, obviously, Trent has a really good relationship with Kyle Shanahan. Um, he's already played in their scheme. They've already had success with him. Um, we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back healthy and, you know, has a 2019 season. That can definitely happen because uh, the talent and the coaching staff around him can lead the 49ers back to a Super Bowl. That is completely reasonable. But, man, there were some people in the Chiefs organization that really thought at a specific window, what was this, on Tuesday, guys? Tuesday, Wednesday? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, that they really thought that they had him. Um, And so, I don't know what – I want to get your thoughts on this, Josh, before I do the final sort of – uh, my understanding of this all thing, but we, I started texting you guys that like, mm-hmm. I think this is going to happen. And there are people basically doing backflips at the chief's complex. And so for us to know that, and for me to share that, and then to see how it all occurred when we all woke up, Josh, how did how did it feel to wake up? What on Wednesday? Oh, I, so it, it felt bad because I did it at about four thirty um, mm. to uh, to hop on this this right here uh, personal computer and try to put some things down in digital paper about it. It felt bad because it was four thirty in the morning. Um, but it also here's here's the thing, and here's I, I've talked to you guys some. Obviously, I haven't done a podcast since free agency started, but I talked to you guys some about like whenever they signed Tooney, and I, I want to we'll take some time to talk about him in a minute. Yes. But but the, the thing that I eventually said, I think I might have said this to Seth on Almost Entirely Sports even. Um, I feel like I, at the, at the point of the Toonie signing, I was a little lukewarm. Because, it's, I mean, it's a bunch of money for a guard and, and a long contract with basically three years of guaranteed money for a guard that doesn't afford you all that flexibility. Like, the cap's very flexible, but also... Frank Clark's deal right now isn't very flexible. Right, Joe Tooney's, if he's not performing well in two or three years, won't be very flexible because you have to move money into the future. Um, but but I, lukewarm because he's an excellent player and I think he'll probably live up to that contract. Lukewarm because there are still, there were at the time, still so many holes on the Chiefs roster. And so I, I told Seth this, I said, I feel like I'm kind of grading an incomplete report card. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or an incomplete essay or whatever. The issue is that now it's Friday and I still feel the exact same way. And like Seth said, mm. if, if they would have gotten Trent Williams and Juju, or if it would have been, if it would have been Riley Reef and Juju, but you know what? All right. I, I really like that they brought back Mike Rimmers. I really like Kyle Long. I feel like their their interior offensive line, well, not that's not true. Their guard positions have a, a absolute embarrassment of like legitimate depth and talent up, up at the top and the whole way down now. But there's just a lot of spots that I'm still, I would say, what, what I feel like is reasonably nervous about, left tackle being far and away the highest priority of those, because that's the one that has the biggest chance to throw off the offense. You know, like, if you have a disastrous left tackle, I don't know if the Chiefs have had an example of this at any point in their last one game or anything, but if you have disastrous tackle play, you can see Patrick Mahomes be forced to play like Superman, and it might not be enough. And so having Trent Williams would have made me feel a whole lot better. I'm I'm curious what your dismount is on that, because we've also now seen um, pretty much, we've seen the majority of even the second tier guys also go now off the market. Yes. Um, I just can want to... Can I, can I throw ahead. something in here real quick? Yeah, go ahead. You, you Josh mentioned like incompletes, right? 
it's worth noting that if the test period ends and it's still incomplete, yeah, that's a failing grade. Yeah. And and we'll see. Again, I'm not the the fact that and this is where I'm just so this free agency period was just so close to being awesome. Like like you like Nate, you're describing people like getting ready to do backflips. I want to hear more from you on this. Mm-hmm. But like it was so close to just I'm oh, they would have had the best left side. I'm still like I am yeah. still in mm-hmm. they, they would have had the easily the best left side in the NFL. And they still would have gotten long, I think. And I think would yes. have really helped out. I, I think I, I'm I'm still reviewing some tape for the Chief of North newsletter. Long, I think, is at his best is better than LDT's best by a by a, a solid amount. And he's generally been at his best when healthy, as opposed to LDT who's been up and down. So that's a whole other thing. And then okay, he also, he also hasn't been healthy in a long time. So yeah. correct. Yeah. And so, you know, suppose you bring back Ryder, and I'm fine with that with really good guards around him in theory and I'm fine trying out Niang and, and letting him compete with Remmers. And we'll talk about the Remmers thing. Cause that is positive news, but whatever, but like when you get so close and we're not used to seeing Patrick Mahomes quote unquote fail at anything. Like I just always assumed that if Patrick Mahomes recruited a guy, it was barring be, like yeah. another. Yeah. Like that was going to be it. And you know what? I mean, Trent Williams is his own guy. He, he, he bet on himself, made a buttload of money. Good for him. Yep. But that's been that's been tough, man. And we I feel like we're looking at an incomplete grade, kind of like what you said. But it's kind of like, man, they have very few things they can do at this point to like like Riley Rafe going off the board. That's a big deal for yes. them at this point. Yeah. Because he was a a tackle who, in my opinion, would have been about the equivalent of having Fisher. And so then, okay, you get that guy, and now you've you're, you've kind of treaded water at left tackle, improved massively left guard, stayed the same at center, uh, improved at right guard. Right. Oh, just real quick, Seth. Right now, they have not stayed the same at center. Just at, at this moment, like, yeah. They're worse in than theory, center. in theory, yeah. <laughs> I mean, then I can feel good about that. Like, and there's they're they're still close to that, right? Find me a competent left tackle, and you I can still feel good about what they've done with the line. The problem is that they're running out of options there. And so I'm just anyway. I just wanted to add that in about the incomplete. Nate, I need to hear more from you because you have been a you have been a voice of calm, and comfort <laughs> during the first like kind of off season in several years. Thank you, sir. Um, I am trying my best uh, to keep everybody in the right frame of mind based on the perspective and the information that I have. Um, last thing on Trent Williams, I normally understand when you have to stay up a certain night in free agency. Usually it's early. Um, and so Tuesday night, going into Wednesday morning, I tried, guys. I really tried. I was like, it's 1.30. <laughs> I'm getting old out here. <laughs> I know what that translates to on Pacific time. I know that uh, Trent and his representatives are, you know, really going through it. Now, here's the thing. Were the Bears involved? No. Get that nonsense out of here. Just just kick them off the moon. Okay. It was Chiefs 49ers. As I was having dinner Tuesday night, pretty much was saying, okay, I think this is it. I think they're gonna they're gonna stun the 49ers and win again. I I, I don't know if this is the equivalent of being down 10 points with eight minutes left on the clock, but it's pretty close. <laughs> To the point where, and this is what I want people to understand, to the point that I told my editor, I told Brendan Roberts, yo, uh, we might be wor- we might be working tonight. I went to bed <laughs> at like 2, 2.15-ish? I, I can't, I don't know exactly when it became clear. It may have been 3, 3.30 our time. So I tried, y'all. And when I went to bed, that's when I kind of knew, one, my body's giving out, and two, This is not a good sign. (laughs) This is not a good sign. And so what I want people to understand is when it comes to Trent Williams, who's really good at football, he's so freaking good. When they are willing to give you a contract that stipulates, although you may never reach it, you're the highest paid blank at blank. That's the the trump card. Okay. That, That extra 10 grand. 
And that was that was and, funny. Just that that's what they put it. There. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 how can we? It. How can we stipulate it? Because I mean, it's a, and guys talk about this. It's a level of respect. It's a level yep. of commanding as much guaranteed dollars as possible. Because we're gonna get to this later, kids. Whew, man, y'all better get y'all's guaranteed money. I don't care what industry y'all working in. Um, but the Chiefs had a line. They felt they gave their best offer. Uh, and at some point, Brett Feach, Chris Shea, and Brent Tillis, like, we we this is as far as we can go. And we know what the 49ers have to offer, too. And so you live with the decisions that everybody has to make. But when, when the 49ers were willing to say, we don't care what their offer is, we're going to go above and beyond to beat it, no matter how small that 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 difference is or how large um look i mean the chiefs have tried in ways uh that are somewhat different from 2018 where they were starting to get into this rhythm of hey uh we're going to be more proactive uh mm-hmm. than in the past 19 was sort of a, a a a real picture of what i sort of understand what this front office wants to do Obviously, last year was the most flawless offseason the team could have had, given the circumstances. So maybe I should have warned people. <laughs> now, now, thinking about this, maybe I should have warned people it's not going to be as good as last year because it physically can't. <laughs> okay? So they've taken swings or they've, they, they've, they've thrown out uh, – you know they've thrown out some real, some real chances and they just haven't been as successful as they've been in the past. Um, but – it's not. It's it's understandable. It's completely understandable from Trent's perspective. I don't know what I can say to y'all about Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> like, I, I don't have anything. Juju is clearly a one of a kind type of guy who <laughs> makes his decisions and does things for reasons. And fair enough. It still doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I really like. If you want to talk about money, you want to talk about. I, I would assume. The advice he got was, hey, you'll get more targets in Pittsburgh because they still throw the ball a ton there. Right. But, like, I, I don't get it. I, he I also think, apparently turned down, I think, a multi-year deal from the Eagles, which has popped up while we've been doing the show here. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. fair enough, whatever. Anytime someone posts a Wolf of Wall Street clip to describe their mentality towards something, I'm like, hey, you know what? Fair enough. Um. And so, I, fair enough. The the the, the Trent Williams thing it, it, it hurts more because it just feels as though when you you mentioned that incomplete, Josh, and I keep coming back to that. It kind of feels like the Chiefs have been uber aggressive over the last few years, and when they've been uber aggressive, they've gotten the thing they've tried to get. Now, one can argue they've overpaid for some of those things. You know, they could have paid Allen Robinson the same year they paid Sammy Watkins. Um, Frank Clark has worked out really well in some ways and not as well in other ways. Um, they paid a ton for him, but they always get it. You know what I mean? Even if they pay a ton and where I'm struggling is to see them really go after someone and want that and say, this is what we're doing. We're going to do whatever it takes. And clearly this is plan A, maybe plan B and C too. And then just not get there and now I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. You don't you don't cut Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz unless you are pretty confident um you can replace yes. them with equal level talent or above that talent. Chiefs felt they could do that. Um Josh, I know you don't want to hear this, but this proves the importance this year and in future years. That the Chiefs better be right on their drafts. They they just they yeah. just have to be like as as well as they have put Patrick Mahomes in a situation to succeed. And the farther we get away from the 2018 season, the better I understand. Man, they put that dude in a perfect, like just a perfect scenario of talent, right? Protection, veteran leadership, coaching ability. And oh, by the way, we're just gonna throw the best quarterback in the league. We're just gonna unleash him to everyone. Um, 
now they have to they have to they have to draft in a way to not only support Patrick but to keep the team uh at a superior level um in a way that the rest of the league now knows who they are whereas in 2017 2018 they were just they were good but they weren't like an indomitable force that you know you're going to have to reckon with year after year after year so um next month will be super important um the chiefs will still look at wide receivers um it is interesting to know that they were somewhat high on Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh, but I don't mm-hmm. know if he was the best fit, even if he had signed with the team. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If he wasn't the best fit, he might have been the last guy on the board, though. Like, that's sort of the crazy thing right now, where I, I guess Alejandro Villanueva is out there at tackle. I, right now, I honestly could not tell you who the best remaining receiver is. There's probably a name that'd be like, yeah, all right. But if you also wanted to make the argument that it's Sammy Watkins, I'm not sure it would be a terrible argument to make. And that's the thing right now that I'm getting, I'm a little, uh, again, I'm a little nervous about where... You want to talk about like depth on the offensive line, right? And listen, I was here with everybody else last after the Super Bowl saying that the Chiefs, the Chiefs did not lose the Super Bowl because they underinvested in the offensive line in 2019. They lost 97 starters, <laughs> and then having having Mike Rimmers and Andrew Wiley play right. tackle was a mistake. Right. Like that's not ideal, and that wasn't their lack of preparation. They lost a star right tackle and a really good left tackle, and uh, Rimmers had to move all of that. That was, and they they lost Niang on the opt out, all that stuff. They lost Asameli, yeah. The, the thing that's confusing, though, is that right here, again, guard will not be an issue. But right now, the tackle spot looks more like the Super Bowl Chiefs tackles than the opening day Chiefs tackles did last year. It, I, and, and if they want to go into this this draft knowing at 31 that they've got a hit on that spot, right now, I mean, I, I think we can make an argument that this team does not have a second best edge rusher. They brought back Taco Charlton. He's a, a he and Mike Dana as your even your three fours if they're healthy. Fine yep. with me. Maybe you draft somebody else in the fifth mm-hmm. or whatever. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. They I don't think they have a second edge rusher right now. They let Sammy Watkins go not because Sammy Watkins is a bad player because they wanted to upgrade over Sammy Watkins and, and he's still available. Maybe that reunion. He's tweeting like it's over. Yes. Oh, uh, it's, and it's, I, yeah. I think that's yeah, still the, it's, the, it's a it's smart a money. Yeah. But. But so they they let him go looking to upgrade over him. Well, okay, if you want to draft a receiver in the first or second round, that's fine. Um, but I don't know that we've got a whole lot of evidence that a rookie receiver is going to come in and be better than healthy Sammy Watkins. And that's, you know, that's a bit of a mythical creature at this point. But but they were looking to upgrade on that position, and there's nobody added so far. Um, left tackle, especially. I, I, I'm kind of in on the right tackle thing of, of Mike Rimmers and Lucas yeah. Niang. Um, we're kind of we're kind of hopping around, but I'll just say I think that the combo of Mike Rimmers, Lucas Niang at right tackle, LDT Kyle Long at right mm-hmm. guard, in both of those situations, someone will win that. They're all four of those players I believe to be good enough that whoever wins those two jobs will have won it. The other guy will not have lost it, and yep. then the loser of those battles will end up being really quality backups at those positions who could maybe swing to you know either side of the line. I'm pretty comfortable with those two spots. I'm not comfortable with starting left tackle Lucas Niang, starting right tackle Mike Rimmers, and swing tackle, who knows? Like, swing tackle Martinez Rankin and a draft pick. That's what makes me a little bit nervous right now. It's not that I'm not a fan of the signings they have made. It's that there are places where it seems like they, again, Fisher and and Schwartz, extremely based on their injuries, I believe. But they, they let those guys go. They're letting Watkins walk. And they're not 
even being replaced through free agency. And I don't know how many draft picks you can expect to have major year one impacts. Yes. I think, and Seth, I, I think you're probably going to be likely to agree with this. I think once you get out of the top 10 or top 15 picks, yes. it's probably a little bit optimistic to expect major year one impacts. And we're talking about 31, 60 something and, and so yeah, on. Absolutely. They, they're just in a, I think one thing we might be seeing here is some of the other things that play into how hard it is to be a Super Bowl contender year after year after year. Because imagine Mitch Schwartz's back and Eric Fisher's Achilles are fine. Right? Mm -hmm. Right now, we are all freaking out with joy at adding Tooney and talking about the Chiefs becoming one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, other stuff. Oh, we got to grab a wide receiver, you know, maybe an edge. Those kinds of things. We're excitedly talking about the possibilities. Randomness plays a role. It wasn't just the injuries. It was the timing of those injuries. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's hard to do. And that is one thing yeah, I've seen a lot of people kind of down on, like the Chiefs should have been prepared for this. That's hard to prepare. I think they did the best they could to adjust to a, an unexpected problem on the fly. Right. And Trent Williams was a great, like, hey, let's pivot, you know? If I have an issue with anything, I have an issue with the fact that once it became they couldn't get Trent Williams, I think they should have immediately pivoted to, to Riley Reef and getting one of the better centers like David Andrews, right? Mm -hmm. And gone for a, okay, we didn't get the one guy we wanted, but we saved some money there. So we really, we can, you can probably afford Reef and Andrews for about Trent Williams money. I'm guessing you will have to see what their contracts look like, but I'm guessing it, it'd be probably a little more because it's two players and they're both solid players, but I would feel, oh, I would feel pretty good about that line. Right. And, and again, these are all the hypotheticals we play on your head, but you know, if you end up with, you know, Reef, Tooney, Andrews, Long, LDT, and Niang, I feel really good about that line. Right now, we're still at question mark at center because, you know, writers mulling the offer they made. And so you're, you're, you, you might break even at center and you've got a gaping hole at left tackle, which makes the question mark of Lucas Niang at right tackle much more concerning, right? Yeah. If that's the yeah. only question mark you're dealing with, you're fine because Niang is really talented. And I think he might be really good, uh, but you're fine with yeah, it. Yeah, a couple notes on Lucas Niang. That maybe I didn't say last time. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you don't draft a, a, a right tackle in the third round that you graded as a second round prospect because of injuries and not want that player to play this season. Can I cut it on that real quick, Nate? Do we just are we just ignoring what Mike Rimmers' agent tweeted about him being the starter? Is that just an agent saying something? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. It's Nate, you sound different. <laughs> Um, uh -oh. <laughs> they will compete. That is what I've been told. That is what I'm led to believe. And the agent is supposed to represent and promote the client. Okay, that's fair. I just want to, sure. I, I, I could see tweets coming on that if we didn't. I'm not saying, again, I'm hey. not saying, I'm not <laughs> saying Brett is a liar. I like Brett. Brett's very nice to talk to. Um, he's represented a lot of really good NFL players. Mike Rimmers had a better year last year than most people would like to acknowledge. All I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, the general manager, a successful general manager, does not draft a tackle <laughs> in the third round that they had as a second round grade who didn't give up a sack in his college career the last two years Ever. while also playing on a hip injury. And if he's fully healthy, they don't draft that player to not play. So... Nate, you trying to like shoot information into people's brains is one of my favorite parts <laughs> of this podcast. We were like, let me just say a successful general manager. Here. They, like, I'm, I'm just gonna, hear what let, I'm telling let me, you. Let me hedge it. They usually do this. <laughs> okay. Now yeah. I can't say that so, 100%. Um, sure. You know, but the player will usually play through the majority of their rookie deal, okay, until proven sure. otherwise. Mike Rimmers, you, you Mike Rimmers may compete in, like, 
I won't be surprised if Mike Rimmers competes with Lucas Niang and based on experience, understanding the offense, already having played in the NFL, that he would be your starter day one or game one, I should say. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if that changes over the course of the season and they want to have a look at Lucas Niang or Lucas Niang mm. is just a more athletic, younger uh, player and they want to give him a legitimate chance to be game one starter. He earns that. And then obviously you adjust as the season goes along. I mean, there's, there's, there's a number of ways to look about this. Um, and I think it's, I think it's fair for the agent again, to promote their client to the best of their abilities. And it's kind of fringe starter money based on my understanding, but also he is a more reliable backup than people need to need. They just need to acknowledge that Mike Rimmers had a very good season yeah. last year. It's just, he did. You, you're comparing his 2015 Super Bowl performance to his 2020 Super Bowl performance. And those things are not, they're not apples and apples. They're, they're very different given different circumstances. And, it's unfortunate that when he's played in the Super Bowl, he hasn't played his best, but um, no one was complaining when he did very well against the Cleveland Browns and he did very well against the Buffalo Bills, who don't really have a pass rush, but still, he he played really well um, in the postseason. It just it kind of all gets washed. But he did. I just want I just want people to know that like if you're afraid about Lucas Niang, you should have had these same concerns last year when they drafted him before he ever opted out. Right. And and it's worth noting, like with Niang, a couple things. First of all, Niang played right tackle all through college. Correct. I don't see a world in which because I I've seen some cheats. Oh, maybe they throw Niang at left tackle and Remmers at right tackle. I don't see that happening. Um, and Nate, Nate, your your description of general situations in the NFL that may or may not be applicable to this one is deeply appreciated. It reminds me when people call me as a prosecutor and I tell them, well, I can't give you legal advice. But what I can tell you, in general, and then I proceed to tell them, in general, something that applies to their specific situation, but I can't give you legal advice, is how I end that every time. So that's what that reminded me of. Remmers strikes me at right tackle, and and I'm glad you guys are giving him credit where it's due. He did have a really good season at right tackle. He didn't, they lost an all-pro right tackle, one of the best players in the league in this position, and it didn't torpedo the offense. Right. Good for him. He played they well right tackle. Games, the Sam. Yeah, he and he played well. Even the games where the offensive line struggled, it was the interior. And they addressed that with they're they're going after guards. Okay, good for them. The guards have been problematic for several years. Good for them. What I like about Remmers, and we've talked about this before, he's your he's your roller coaster veteran. He's your you must be this tall to get on the rock. <laughs> you must be better than Mike Remmers to start if you're Lucas Niang. And Lucas Niang, and I mean this with all due respect to, to Mike Remmers, Lucas Niang is more talented than Mike Remmers, physically. He is, he's he's just as big, and he's got good feet. Like, he's, he's much more athletic. So we'll see. So I like that. I love that they brought him back. That makes me feel a lot better about right tackle. And so that that probably, I should say that as a caveat with the whole, well, now the question mark on Lucas Niang is a, a much bigger deal. So that that was a smart thing for them to do to bring him back. Because worst case scenario when Niang doesn't work out, you've got a guy you know can play right tackle that you will never, ever, ever, ever put at left tackle yeah, again. Yeah, who knows the system, like, who knows the system, who's already been yeah. through it once. And, you know, yeah, it gives you... And look, he, I put this in my first off-season primer, whatever you want to call this thing, my first off-season outlook where I said, hey, uh, Mike Rimmers resigns because he wanted to resign. Yeah. Because I was told he wanted to resign. So. Well, and that's, and that's, and it's such a big deal. And you were on that right from the beginning. And it's such a big deal. You know, people want to talk about offensive line depth and that's a whole separate conversation to have because I, I, I really do feel like there's a, a group of people out there who think that that NFL team's go eight or nine deep on the offensive line. And they don't. They just don't. Most NFL teams don't go five deep on the offensive line. Like pretty much every NFL team has like one guy that stinks yeah. up front um, for, for a pro. Can can we can we just give a Josh? Yes, sir. Can you inform the people how much money Cam Irvin made this uh this free agency? Ooh, I will find that. I would love to get that information oh. for you real quick. I would love to do that. I would love Because to. because Cam because Cam Irving <laughs> It's a lot of money. Hold on. And we said this, I think, last year. I'm pretty sure I said this last year. Hey, Cam Irving, 
wanted to hit free agency, probably wasn't coming back. Oh, it's a lot of money, guys. So he went to Dallas. So that he could so that he could hit free agency again. Mike Rimmers was literally brought in last year to be better than Cam Irving. Now, Josh, can you inform our listeners how much money Cam Irving made? Two years. Mm -hmm. Because he's younger. Because he's younger. Ten million (laughs) dollars. Eight million of it guaranteed. And that's That's a legitimate two-year, ten million dollar contract. And so that's not, this is that's not two years, ten million with four Garrett. It's a two million, ten million dollar deal. So this is what this is what the NFL offensive lineman landscape looks like, and people have to understand that there are not what's thirty two times five, like approximately one hundred and eighty. Um, no, one hundred and sixty. Anyway, hold on. I, I got. I, I got. I got. I got. 160, 160 on the nose. There you go. 160. Hey, there we go. There are not 160 good offensive linemen in the NFL. There just aren't. Maybe there are some guys buried in the practice squad that teams don't realize have that ability yet. You know, all that stuff. But it's just, there they just aren't. And so the, the Chiefs got caught a little bit here. And they have other issues that I think, I'm assuming when they were like making their plans during this season, and maybe as the year went along with Mitch Schwartz and it became apparent the back issue was going to be lingering, maybe they started planning things out a little differently, but that's why they drafted Lucas Niang last year. Like people have to see that now. The Chiefs knew this was coming with Schwartz and everyone's like, why didn't they do anything? They did. They drafted a second round talent in the third round. So everyone's like, well, they should have drafted offensive linemen. They did. They just didn't think they'd be replacing Eric Fisher this year. And that's kind of an emergency. So the plan, and this is what happens, luck plays a big part in all this. To keep it a great roster, you have to juggle a lot of crap at once and hope that things fall your way. Mm-hmm. It could have been Chris Jones who snapped his Achilles at the end. You know what can I, I mean? Can, like, can, I, can, I, can, I give it, can I give an example? Can I give an example? I would love an example. Uh, they gave Eric Berry a contract. Didn't work out. We've all discussed mm-hmm. that. Eric Berry, yep. as much as they loved him, had to move on. Tyron Matthew spent a year in Houston and then was ready to jump ship. So, yep. benefits the Chiefs because um, Tyron will never say this. Houston's weird. Houston's a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you you get kind of lucky there. Yeah. You, you, and that's why, just on a side note, maybe they should be calling and say, hey, you guys, the people that uh, traded for Tunsil are gone now, and you look like you're going through a rebuilding process. Maybe you don't need that left tackle. I don't know. I mean, maybe they could make a call. I don't know. What do I know? I Just throwing ideas out there. Anyway, go ahead, Nate. Um, yeah, sometimes certain scenarios and situations give you a larger advantageous position um, when you have, again, stable Hall of Fame head coach, aggressive, you know, pretty good general manager with a strong front office supporting him, who is ready to make moves, um, you know, during the non-tampering tampering period, and uh, you know, you got you just have a you just have a superstar quarterback. So you know, Tyron Matthew ain't uh, he he is he he was a smart man in the summer of uh, 2018, 2019, excuse me. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Two things here. I, I do want to, we're 45 minutes in. We haven't talked about the guys the Chiefs did actually sign, which I think is a pretty good reflection of where our heads are at right oh, now. Oh, I got some things on Cal Law kids that you're going to enjoy. So I, I do want to talk about them in just a second. The one thing though on the tackle, because I feel like we're relitigating like last year's roster a little bit. And so again, I'm, you know, you're right that the plans change whenever they essentially unexpectedly lost Fisher, even if they were more prepared perhaps to replace Schwartz with Niang. But like Eric Fisher, he's got a $3 million cap hit, but it's not quite Eric Berry because Eric Berry, they ended up splitting, I think it was an eight and a nine or a seven and an $8 million cap hit over a couple years. It was a ton. Yeah, it was 16 over two. So it was a, it was a, the, the Chiefs were paying Eric Berry. Eric Berry was a top 10 cap hit, cap yes. hit on the Chiefs last yes. year in 2020. I think it was an $8 million cap yeah. hit. 
Yeah. So the, the one the one thing that I feel like is a little apples and oranges is it the, the Chiefs, at least at, at the start of free agency, they knew they had to replace their two starting tackles like that. And, and they believe they have one in house with Niang, it sounds like. And they brought Rimmers back again. I'm, I'm cool with the right side. But the fact that we're at this point now still with the void at the left side is a little bit a little bit alarming to me. And something that somebody pointed out on Twitter that I wanted to at least mention, I apologize for not having their their handle up, but it, we had we had talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the Chiefs maybe getting that State Farm Patrick price. And what we've actually seen is how we started the first 15 minutes of this show, which is on Juju Smith-Schuster and Trent Williams, who went back to their teams that they were coming from. Juju at a discount, Trent Williams at what was probably a a mild, a mildly larger amount of money. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly how much time we kind of gave the whole uh, come play for a contender thing and. Uh, and, and win a ring. I don't, I don't know how much time we spent on that over the course of the offseason, but I would now think that that ship has largely sailed because yeah. we just haven't, unless unless you want to maybe count it for Kyle Long, I guess, but we're talking about role players in that yes. regard, and, and that is not, that's not moving highest paid tackle in NFL history money for a, you know, a nice little two-year right. deal without it with just, it's not super guaranteed, so. I think that's kind of interesting also. No, that's that's we 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 overestimated the value of that. And maybe we should have we maybe we should have thought about, you know, if if players have to take a one-year deal, like I mean, hey, Bashad Breland, who hasn't signed anywhere. What why do NFL teams hate Bashad Breland? Just on a I side note. Like I don't know. It, it's like he's just consistent. He plays hard, he tackles well, he contests really well. He's not a great cover corner, but he's decent. He's solid. I genuinely so like maybe the deal what one thing we underestimated if players are doing one year prove it deals maybe we just underestimated their own belief in themselves to say well if I got to take a one year prove it deal I trust myself to play well enough to get a contract next year regardless of location and I don't want to move because you know what guys moving sucks well that's the other thing Mitch Schwartz has literally been tweeting about that as we've been recording here saying like we, you know, the, the Chiefs have Hill and Kelsey. We're going to get huge numbers and then Hardman and then Juju. Interesting that Schwartz put Hardman over Juju. I wouldn't have done that, but he did. Um, he clearly wants it free agency again. Trading incentives to be a high volume receiver in Pittsburgh system before hitting free agency. Isn't that odd? Is it like not having to change systems? Like, I, I think there's I think there's an argument for that, but um, I don't want to spend a ton of time there because there's sure. a lot of guys that have gotten uh, contracts with the Chiefs that we haven't talked about. But I, I thought that was sort of interesting. Um, let's talk about the guards here, guys. Let, let's talk about Joe Tooney and Kyle Long a little bit more here. We, we've mentioned both of them, obviously. Joe Tooney now on, on a, the, the largest contract for a guard in NFL history. Kyle Long comes in on a deal that was originally reported as being worth up to $5 million. Now we know that it's about a million and a half in terms of actual money that's right there. Um, Nate, do you want to you give me a little bit of a rundown on how those two guys became Chiefs and then Seth, how you feel about them? Yeah, I think for Joe... Um he 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 coming from the Patriots again. This is where it sort of helps you. Um, he's won two Super Bowls. Wants to continue to play at a high level. Um, he knows how good Patrick Mahomes is. So in this case, Patrick Mahomes actually helped the Chiefs. <laughs> like 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 we we should acknowledge that as well. Joe Tooney's out here like yo, I can play with Patrick. Like okay, like what are we talking about money wise? Oh okay. <laughs> Because Bill Belichick out here spitting elsewhere, so I mean, yeah, let's 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 make it work. So, um, we may look back at this signing because, I mean, look, do I know every offensive lineman on every team? No, um, <laughs> I'll acknowledge that. <laughs> but I've watched the clips. Seth has done a great job, and I know we're going to get to him in a minute. This dude is good. <laughs> like yeah. he's he's good. So. Patrick Mahomes helps you in that regard. Uh, the money's good. Uh, the Chiefs feel good about that money because I've written this because the dude has never missed a game. Obviously, things could change. But if there's any indication coming off a guy who also played every game and every snap in Mitchell Schwartz, this is the line of thinking that says, okay, I can present this to Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt can okay this we can move forward and go sign a player that will help us at any position. We think we just need, we just need to fill gaps on the offensive line. That was mostly what was told to me. Like, is he good? Does he play on the offensive line? Then why don't we just sign him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now here's the thing with Cal long. This man wanted to play football. He appears to be healthy. 
depending on who you talk to. Obviously, he passes physical. Um, you're telling me this man? Okay, I need a backup. Josh and Seth, when I'm your agent, and you and we and I give you possible destinations, you put we put a list together. Nine times out of ten, that first visit, that's where you want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm also going to tell you that this potential employer uh, had great success with your father. So mm-hmm. they already they already starting from an advantage. They also are very interested in you. Can I tell you the level of dysfunction for mm-hmm. you to get on a plane, <laughs> for you to look around and go, oh, hell no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then say, who's next on the list? <laughs> well, it's the employee. Oh, John Gruden. It's that 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 uh, that that website's still up, right? The is John Gruden still employed? It, it, it's, it's the it's the employer's arch rival in the division where they coexist. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, boy, the Raiders really messed this one up. <laughs> What I'm ultimately trying to tell people <laughs> is ju- is Gruden gone yet? Dot com. That, yes, correct. Uh, you, your your connection cut out for me. I thought you were getting there. Yes, is Gruden yep. gone yet? Dot com is something that was created. Um, I believe in the days after he signed his ten year one hundred million dollar deal, it has been a constant sense of joy for me now, a source of joy yep. for me for multiple years, and it will be for you as well. Go to is Gruden gone yet? Dot com. Not a sponsor, but a great website. Oh. In case you're asked, in case you're wondering, the answer is no. no. The answer is no. And and the countdown continues. And since I logged onto that site, Gruden has made ten dollars and seventy eight nope eleven dollars and sixty two twelve dollars. And man, I need to get me a ten year hundred million dollar contract. The 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 minute by minute counting really is alarming because you realize that he made the minimum wage in like nine seconds, and it really makes you rethink. Some yeah, yeah, it really kind of it seems to like the math must end up pretty interesting here because it's basically it's about a buck a second, <laughs> and that seems like a good way to go. Yeah, so, good work if you can get it. I would say, oh, like yeah. a buck every two seconds. Now, yeah, good work if you can get it. Um, but as far as Tooney goes, um, I did um, mostly just to irritate Josh. <laughs> I made the I, I reviewed four of his games. And by the way, people who subscribe to the Chief North Newsletter, I'm going to be. Why does this wait? Why does this ir- why does this irritate me? Because I made it free for everyone, Josh, rather than just for subscribers. Uh, okay, well, you can still read it at mnchiefsfan.substack.com. <laughs> um. And so I'm going to do Kyle Long's. I'm just waiting to kind of see what happens first because I thought maybe they would sign someone else. So um, so I'm, I'm actually through a couple of games of Kyle Long's film. By the way, 2019, I just threw it out. That dude was clearly hurt. Because if you go from 2018 to 2019, it's like, wow, that dude does not feel okay. So I'm looking at some of Long's stuff and, and that's going to be fun. Tooney though, dude's a machine. Like he is, and, and we, we've said this, you know, I've I've said this in, in multiple places now. He is Mitch Morse reincarnated at guard, and I, I couldn't be more excited for it. Um just bigger. Which is nice. Yeah. So um and, and and I mean he just he's technically so proficient. He does such a he does such a great job with it. So I mean he, he, check that out. His film is exceptional. They really have like this idea of like, well, we just want to plug holes at the offensive line. You see them doing it with guard, and I think that's where the inactivity at center has been so frustrating. Where it's like, just yeah, plug holes, throw money at it. Um, but I am thrilled with what they've done at guard. I think Kyle Long has potential for a really high ceiling move. And that would be great. And that would help out their center significantly. And that, so I really like the moves they have made. It's kind of a weird situation where it's the moves we haven't. It's like jazz. It's salary cap jazz. It's about the moves they haven't made. The notes they haven't played. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Now, now. I can't think of one good reason why not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Josh, I know you've been like a lot of people that have asked me, um, can Nick Allegretti play center? Uh, 
Yes, boy, I gotta tell you, man, he went from real quick. Nick Allegretti went from one of those bums who couldn't hold up in the Super Bowl to literally Rodney Hudson to the sequel. <laughs> if you just, excuse me, the squeakquel, Alvin and the Chipmunk style, uh, on Twitter because, dude, it, once you realize there are no centers on the on the roster, Nick Allegretti, opening day center, got a lot of hype really quick. Now, uh, when they drafted Nick Allegretti, Brett Veach did mention, uh, as, long as, as long as the scout... Because uh, I went back and did some did some research, um, they <laughs> they said he was capable of playing center. Um, they I think they rotated him a couple times in the preseason or training camp. Again, memory's kind of cloudy, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Now I've asked within the organization, hey, people are asking about this Nick Allegretti guy. Um, hadn't heard anything yet. We also are in this weird spot where I'm sorry, Nancy, don't go ahead. I just, they, we're in this weird spot where. I said for like a month that I really thought bringing back Austin Ryder made sense. The Chiefs said, no, Josh, you're an idiot. We're not interested. Then free agency went on for a couple of days. And then apparently they're trying to bring back Austin Ryder again. So I I think that's probably telling on the Allegretti front. You may have been going that direction already, Nate. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And I would say that that as of right now, Friday afternoon, early Friday afternoon, I want to be very clear. Kind of 50-50, dog. We we, we really Mm. in the 50-50 range. Um, with Austin Ryder, it, it could go any. You you could tell me the outcome. Wouldn't be surprised right now. Um, so, but I will say this: um, he has a, and I've said this before. He has a really good relationship with Patrick Mahomes um, from the center quarterback relationship. So maybe that maybe that's the thing that sort of puts it over the top in the Chiefs' favor. Um, the Chiefs kind of know what they can give from a from a contract standpoint. Um, some agents, I don't know if this will be the case. Some agents when they know that the player is a free agent from a really good team, i.e. the Chiefs, will say, hey, uh, before my guy makes a decision, just want, to, just want you to know these are the numbers, contract, da-da-da-da, uh, where you guys at, how much time you can you react, do you want to react before we, like, you know, maybe move forward with X other team. I don't know if that will be the case with, with Austin Ryder because, again, it's been a strange free agency period, guys. I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's really in like this 50-50 range. Uh, Seth, anything strike you about center as the, the empty spot right now or Ryder coming back? And then I, then we're going to do a lightning round of the other guys that Chiefs have made choices on. Um, Just in terms of center, uh, and again, you know, this is, again, such sour grapes. It's the moves they haven't made. I would have, based on everything I've seen, I would have gone with David Andrews. I, I liked his tape when I was reviewing Toonies. And I feel like there was an opportunity there to bring in two guys at once that know how to work well together. I'm mm. fine bringing back Austin Ryder, especially he, we talked about this last time, right? He's tofu, which I know what tofu is. <laughs> we can, we've established that. And for a lot of people, if you throw tofu there with some really good with stuff. some hot sauce. Yeah. We're, co- we're cooking that tofu in, listen, man, if, you, if Joe Tony's worth that contract, we're cooking that tofu in meat. <laughs> Yeah. We're cook, we're, there's bacon in that. Can I put some barbecue sauce on that tofu? A little, yeah, a little sauce on yes. it. it it's, it's good stuff. So I expect Austin Ryder, if he comes back, to play pretty well. He is not physically as strong as I'd like to see, but he's you know playing next to a couple guys like that. I think the run game would be better. And he's generally done pretty well um, when playing next to good players, which you can say that about a lot of guys, but he knows the system, blah, 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 all yeah, that if, stuff. I would have gone with Andrews. I'm fine with Ryder coming back. If Juju Smith-Schuster is coming back to Pittsburgh, then Nick, then Austin <laughs> Ryder may be coming back to Kansas City. <laughs> Just with that, with the logic and the information we've given you guys. Right. right. Uh, here's what we got to do. We're going We're going lightning round. I got a list. Of, I think I've got everybody the Chiefs have made decisions on that, that is worth mentioning in this, this section here. I am going to, I don't, you can either imagine some nice kind of game show uh, lightning round music in the background, or if Danielle finds that she uh, just really wants to work more on this mm. terrible, stupid podcast today, maybe there'll be, I don't, it's okay either way. But here's what I need you, I need you to hear some very high energy game show music in your heads right now. And I'm, I need you both to give me no more than one sentence, no semicolons, no M dashes, commas are allowed on these players. We're going to go Nate Seth every time, just for the sake of making it quick. Are you ready? Ready. Yes. The Chiefs tendered Andrew Wiley. He's back. Makes sense. Makes some sense. A lot of guards. That's my my sentence is a lot of guards. Uh, they brought back Trevarius Ward with a second round tender. Had to do it. 
absolutely had to do it. I was furious when it looked like they may have <laughs> yeah, not been doing it. I was shook. Uh, they released Damien Williams. <sighs> I That made me sad. I, I don't know about this one. I don't know. Because the player you could be replacing him with is someone not as good. Or you may have to do the undrafted free agent. Hope it works out at running back. I I would have liked to keep him around, but um, he he's a guy that can that can help the team. It seemed like they were maybe in the mold they wanted to save a couple million bucks, and now we're looking around like, well, what, what do we need to do with those million couple million bucks? <laughs> um, so, so I get it, but I I was bummed about that. That one bothered me. For one, I think he can help the team. I think he can help Clyde. I do think Clyde's a better player. Um, I I don't know how else to say that. I think. He's got better vision. I just think he's a better player. But I think it would have been nice to have them both. And emotionally, from the fan part, he he, he was obviously a major player in the greatest sports moment that I've ever experienced. So that was a bummer. Cold. You like running backs. He made sense in this offense. I don't totally get it, and I don't want to pay running backs very much money. They brought back Daryl Williams. If you're going to remove yeah. Damian Williams, you better keep Daryl Williams. Yes. Who's who's by the way younger? I like Daryl a lot, but they also I, Damian Williams would have I think been a third down back upgrade over Daryl and Le'Veon Bell yep. last year. But I I liked I like yep. Daryl. I would have been fine with both Williamses being back. Uh, Blake Bell, return of the Bell Dozer. Happy. <sighs> I mean, sorry. I mean, Seth hates, Seth hates a lot. Hold on, Nate. You, Seth, you want to go first from here on out? <laughs> Again, strange offseason, guys. So weird, dude. That might be mine. Go ahead, Seth. Sorry. I, I, I'll, I'll take Blake Bell over what they had last year. Yeah, I, that's good. I, it's a good call. Elijah McGuire. Do you know who that is? Yes. Um. <laughs> cool. <laughs> a John Oliver. Yeah, sure. Cool. Why not? Uh, Seth, is yours sure? Because I think that also plays. Yep, sure. Excellent. Uh, Byron Pringle. Big year. Big year coming up for Byron. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, People are going to either really understand Byron Pringle's role the last few years, or they're going to be Mm. really, really um, very high on on a guy who now has a deal with Pringle. Uh, I'm glad that he's back. It would be nice to see him get a little bit bigger role, though I suspect there's a reason he hasn't. And mm-hmm. I think fans are going to find out about the joy of the unknown and the grief of the unknown this year <laughs> with him. Yep, I think that's fair. Uh, that, did I miss anybody? I think that I think oh, it's I think that's everything cover. that's happened. It doesn't feel like it should be all of them. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. I'm just so bummed out. No, it's fine, because here's the thing is, is we just got through that list and we just talked about Joe Tooney, Kyle Long, Mike Rimmers, Andrew Wiley, Traverius Ward, Darrell Williams, Blake Bell, Ben Neiman, Byron Pringle, Elijah McGuire, and those are the names the Chiefs have either added or retained this offseason. It's not very sexy. You, you mentioned Tarko Charlton earlier, but let's include him. And that oh, yes. was and that was a yes. move that again I kind of heard wants to come back, team wants him to come back. Totally makes totally sense. Totally makes sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Taco coming back makes a lot of sense. On a Tuesday, no less. They should trade for Akeem Hicks. T.Y. Hilton. Hey, hey guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Just start looking at T.Y. Hilton film. Oh, my God. You know what? Why not? Because he's, I mean, he's 96 (laughs) years old. Like, if everyone was mad about Sammy, how many games did T.Y. Hilton play last, these last two years? Has he been on the field more than I He's been on the field. I think he's been on the field slightly more than Sammy Watkins, but but I have to. uh, Yeah, he played 15 games last year, 10 the year before that. He also, like, just signed just go sign Larry Fitzgerald if we're doing this. Like, it's fine, whatever. I kinda, I, I like T.Y. Hilton in 2017. I guess if you sign T.Y. Hilton and draft somebody, I don't know. I think you want to throw on that T.Y. film. Just throw on the film, man. See what he throw looked like last year. I, I admittedly did not watch a lot of Colts football last year, so that's fair. He, he's, he's, still, he's still got some deep speed to him. And that <sighs> so that, that makes a little bit of difference between him and Larry, who, look, if they brought in Larry Fitzgerald, I'd be like, cool. Like Yeah, yeah. If he's like, your Marcus Robinson replacement, that's fine. I just yeah. he wouldn't have like let a ball hit him there. in the face in the Super Bowl. You, you, like no. <laughs> I'm still mad. Hey about Josh, can I can I intrigue can I intrigue you with some Carlos Dunlap tape? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, at this point, at this point, I feel like I feel like the Chiefs, they, they got all these moves for cap space. And I feel like they're at the end of a fantasy draft and of, of an auction. Yep. Whenever they're realizing that they've still got $90 and the best player available is literally T.Y. Hilton. And like, I don't know, 70 bucks for T.Y. You know, somebody, somebody's in that room <laughs> in the Chiefs complex saying, hey, what about Antonio? Don't say his last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I swear to God, you say his name. I will cut you. I am... To me, the the biggest thing though with all this, you know, I, I'm okay with the rat for the most part. They've got some holes to patch up, but they're always going to be a top heavy roster, yep. and that's just how it's going to be. Um, I if they can get a left tackle, like I'm going to feel pretty good. As of right now, I don't feel pretty good. I would mm-hmm. like to feel pretty good, guys. T.Y. Hilton, I'd feel okay about, honestly. I think he showed some juice last year. And he's got that kind of deep speed that makes you say, cool. And, like, he knows how to track the ball in the air, all that stuff. I think he would be a viable threat in the Chiefs offense. Uh, now, he's not, like, a classic X. Right. But, I, I'm just yeah. going to say this quietly because it's toward the end of the podcast. But rival front offices should understand in the 15 to 25 range of the NFL draft, you might want to try to get the Chiefs to overpay oh to God. move up to take a left oh tackle. You just, oh you just might want to. I, I don't know who's crunching the numbers. I don't know who's doing the analytics, even though this isn't really analytic driven. But like, hey, hey, man, if, if an 816 number calls you in late April, just realize, start asking for everything if they don't have a left tackle. Remind me, we, we are, we, we got a wrap right here. This is the end of the show. Remind me of that take next week, next episode that we do, because we're going to have more things to talk about. And if we end up at a spot where we're expecting that the Chiefs with like three or four major roster holes are going to trade some high picks to move up to get, not not Sewell, but just to get, you know, dude at 15 to 25 or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be super happy probably. I don't love that very much. <sighs> Danielle, can you call this episode uh, The Guys Fail to Make You Feel Better? Because that I saw a lot of people asking us to make yeah. them feel better at today's podcast, and I think we failed the people. This wasn't great. <laughs> and I'm going to end it. There, there's the title. <laughs> this wasn't great. Okay, we've got to wrap up. We've gone long because we've got a lot. We've gone Kyle long. Some could argue. Uh, but before we go, I need to tell you, March Madness is here, baby. I got up on the screen right beside me. And the Athletics College Basketball Crew brings you the Ding You, presented by BetMGM. They'll cover all the action, both on the court and at the sports book, grabbing insight from the Athletics College Basketball writers and picking the brain of BetMGM's top bookmakers. You can join them for their second round discussion show Sunday at 8 a.m. Central on the Daily Ding feed and streaming on the Athletics YouTube channel. And I'll end it right here. If Dayton Moore does not put Bobby Witt Jr. on the opening day roster, we will riot. I mean, maybe we shouldn't use the word riot based on the context of what happened a couple yeah, months let's, ago. Yeah, let's tone that down a little bit. We'll tweet we'll, about it. We'll tweet about it. We will tweet you, Dayton Moore. Don't you do this to me. Bobby Witt Jr. is special.